You know, one of the things that I've learned walking with God, no matter if it's in your life, it's in your family, or it's in the church, that if you want to make an impact with your life, which I believe everybody in here wants to make some form of impact in your life, that you've got to be able to see God's vision. You've got to be able to see what God sees. And today for Vision Sunday, I feel like the very first thing that we've got to do is just identify what vision is, define what vision is, and then talk about what does it mean when we say that God has a vision for my life. God has a vision for your life. God has a vision for this church. He's, he's got so much vision. And so I want to help you understand a couple of things. If you got some notes, go ahead and pull them out. Um, today's not going to be a huge, heavy note-taking day because, uh, well, you'll see why in just a little bit. But I'll give you a couple of things just because I can't preach a message without notes. And so let me give you a couple of things first. What is vision? Let's define what vision is. A vision is a clear picture of a preferable future. A clear picture of a preferable future. Now, here's the greatest way that I've heard this described, and that is this. Sight and vision are two very different things. Sight is what you see with your eyes open. Vision is what you see with your eyes closed. That when you close your eyes, you picture something. You picture a person. You picture a place. You picture a thing. You, you picture it. Vision is the ability to see it before you see it. Any of y'all ever bought a home and it was, like a, it was like one of those homes like you didn't want to live in it when you first bought it, but you had a vision of what this house was going to look like? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Or you, you, you had this vision of what this was going to be like. You could see it before everybody else could see it. You walked around, you're like, this is going to go here, and this is going to go here, and this is going to go here, realizing that that's also going to take work in order to do all that. If you think about it, our life has been really defined by visionaries in so much ways, because you don't have to just be a Christian to have vision. Anybody can have vision. Um, and so much of our life is defined by people who had vision. If you have an Apple device right now, if you have an Apple phone, there was a man that was behind that that had a vision that saw this. His name was Steve Jobs. He pictured something that people would have in their hands and they could access the entire world with it. If you look at some of the cars that we have, someone had a vision for it. If you look all throughout our world, we are living in a world of visionaries. One of my family's favorite place to go is Disney World. You got any Disney World people in here? Is there any Disney World people that like to go? Three of y'all. Yeah, y'all know because y'all been there. I, it's, I'm telling you, I see parents smiling when they come in. They're crying when they come out. Oh, God, why did I do this? I don't know. I love my kids. So we, my, my family really loves Disney World. And, um, and if you know the story of Walt Disney, Walt Disney was one of the greatest Imagineers there ever was. All that you see in Disney World was that came out of his really imagination. He desired to create a place where people could escape from life to go live in a bit of a fantasy world and have fun as a family. And that was back in the 1950s and the 1960s. And in 1966, if you know the story, Walt Disney dies. Disney World actually did not open until the 70s. And, uh, and his brother Roy was the one that kind of began to take over all of the stuff. And on the dedication day of Walt Disney uh, World, uh, someone came up to Roy and said, man, I wish Walt could see this. And Roy looked at him and said, he did. That's why you're seeing it. Yeah. He saw this before you saw this. 
And when I think about what God is doing, there's really two ways that we can approach vision. And one is really the wrong way and one's the right way. One is that we have a vision for our life and we try to get God to accomplish our vision. But the right way is that God has a vision for our life and we just partner with what God's vision is. How many know some people, and maybe you've been one of those people, I know I have at times in my life where I've tried to get God to do my vision. This was my plan. Any of y'all know that God's plan may even be a little different from your plan? Y'all ever had that yet? The person you thought you wanted to be with for the rest of your life, God was like, no, don't, 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 don't. And you're like, God, bless it, bless it. And he's like, no, no, I'm not. And you're wondering why there's so much friction and tension. It's because oftentimes we're trying to get God to accomplish our dreams when God's looking for people who would partner with his dreams. God has a vision for this city. God has a vision for this region. God has a vision for your life. And he has a vision for your family. God wants to give that to you. And when you see what God sees, you begin to prepare for where God's taking you next. Let me give you, for example... Mama's in the house. How many, I got mama's in the house? Mama's, you're watching online, any mama's? Remember when you first got pregnant? Like when you first found out that you were having a baby. You got a vision of this, right, Courtney? It's coming, right? <laughs> Courtney and Aaron are going to have a baby soon. She just found out she's having a boy. Because that's what we produce here at OSC is a lot of boys. And I guarantee you, they're going to start this process, is that you know what's coming because you can already begin to see it. The baby's not here yet, but it's coming. And because it's coming, you go into preparation mode. So you start, you start getting all the stuff. You get the room ready. You know, you're doing all the little nesting stuff. You know, you got the clothes and you got the baby shower and you got all this stuff. Why? Because you're predicting a vision of something that is to come. And so you're in preparation and strategy now for what's coming next. And when God gives you vision for your life, you better start getting ready. Because where God is bringing you, 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 you can't wait till you get there and then try to figure it all out. It'll be too late. And oftentimes you'll miss things because it's too late. And so I want to talk a little bit about this idea of seeing God's vision, and I want to give us three thoughts, and, uh, and then we're going to share some big stuff. So seeing God's vision, there's three reasons why all of us in this room need to really hear from God about what God's vision is for our life individually. First thing is this, that God's vision is vital. God's vision is vital. Proverbs 29, 18 says this, it says, where there is no, everybody help me with this. Where there's no what? Where there's no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now notice, it didn't say where there's no money, people perish. It didn't say where there's no plans, people perish. It didn't say where there's no people, people perish. It says no, no, where there's no vision, people perish. And what we're learning from this proverb is that, that there are things in your life that God desires to flourish and thrive, but where there's no vision, the things that are in your life that are supposed to be flourishing start dying. Because God wants you to have a vision for every area of your life. Think about every area of your life and then ask yourself this question. Do I have God's vision for this area? So think about if you're single, 
desiring to be married. God, what is your vision for my life? God, if, 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 if I am married and we're starting a family, God, what's your vision for our family? In the area of your finances, God, what, what's your vision for my money? God, I know what I would like to do with my money. But God, what would you like to do with the resources you've given me, with the relationships that you've given me, with the home that you've given me? God, do I have your vision? God, what, what do you want? Because when you don't get God's vision and you only have your vision, the Bible says you begin to start dying away. Another translation says that when people don't see what God's doing, they stumble all over themselves. That's what the message translation tells us. And so when we think about our business and our finances, our children, our marriage, we need to ask ourselves this question, God, what's your vision for this? Because it's so vital that you know what it is. God, what is it? And I, I'm going to tell you one of the things I'm so passionate about, this is such a passion point of mine, is when I see Christians living on a low level that God's called them to live on a higher level. When people settle for a relationship with God that is so small, so insignificant, that the peak of their relationship with God is they show up at church on a Sunday. There's nothing that stirs my heart more than to see people activated, to see people come alive and know what their gifts are, to see people find out how God designed them and then find out how to put that into play because it's so vital for your life. That's where you find joy and peace and purpose I had a phone call with a guy that's in our church. He called me and he said, hey, man, I've got this uh, pro NFL Hall of Famer, and he's in a massive place of depression. Would you be willing to talk with him? I said, yeah, absolutely. He said, I'm going to three-way you. I said, okay. So he calls me. He puts the other guy on the phone, and uh, the other guy starts sharing. And this guy was a pro football Hall of Famer, played for the Houston Oilers. Come on, remember the Houston Oilers back in the day? Pray for the Houston Oilers. Um, super successful. I mean, all of those things. And, he's, and I'm like, what's going on? He said, well, Pastor, listen, man, I just, you know, I've just been battling some stuff in my health. And, you know, I'm retired now and I really, I'm not really doing anything. And, man, I'm, I'm, I'm battling these issues and I've got some stuff in my marriage. And, I'm, and my question that I asked him, I said, so what are you doing now? He said, I, man, I, I don't know. I just kind of take it a day at a time. I just, I don't really know. I said, can I, can I speak to something for you? I said, you were designed for purpose, and football wasn't it. And all of your identity has been wrapped up in that game. And now that that game is gone, and now that the accolades are gone, and now that all the applause is gone, you don't know who you are. And you need to get a vision from God for what he has for your life because he's got much more than just football for your life. And he's like, Pastor, you, you preaching to me. I said, no, God's talking to you. You need it. And the other guy on the phone's like, tell him, Pastor, tell him. <laughs> Don't encourage it. Don't encourage it. I said, listen, because this was a guy who, who knows God. He knows about God. He just really, he, he doesn't know God like he should. And so I'm like, are you in a church? Are you connected to a spiritual family? I said, man, can you imagine the amount of kids and youth and people you could be impacting with the influence that God has given you instead of being home, miserable, thinking about yourself? I mean, no, only joy in life comes when you get beyond yourself and see that God wants to do something through you and for you. In 1972, there was an artist by the name of Johnny Nash. He wrote a song, I Can See Clearly Now. How many of y'all remember the song? I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Oh, yeah, y'all getting it. 
Come on now. I can see all the obstacles in my way. Yeah, come on now. Brandon Ashley, we got to get this choir going. Okay, let's go. So think about that. Just think about the words of that song that I can see clearly now. I can see the obstacles in my way. This is how big vision is for your life. Because when you don't have God's vision, you miss and hit every obstacle. You hit them all. And you're stumbling all around and you're wondering, what is going on? Why is my life all over the place? It's because you haven't gotten God's vision for your life. God's vision is so huge for your life. It's vital. When that happens, you can begin to see clearly and you can begin to start spotting obstacles and going, I'm not going there. I'm not going with them. I'm going this way. It's going to be a bright, 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 bright sun. There you go. Okay. All right. Number two. Here we go. So God's vision is not only vital, God's vision is vast. It's huge. Yet again, we settle on such a small level that God's vision for your life is so huge. I love this. This is one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. I have it written on the outside of my Bible. It was engraved on the outside of my study Bible that was given to me as a gift. It's Ephesians 3.20 that says this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in who? In us. So here's what this tells me. Now to him who is able. God is able to do more for you than you can think or ask. We've settled on a level thinking that God can only do this much. And God goes, I got more. I got more. I can do more. And I wonder if God settles on the level that we let him settle on. I wonder if God settles on the level of what we think or even what we ask. I've been so convicted lately of praying safe prayers. And I, I'm just ready to just pray some bold, big, God, if you don't show up prayers. For people, for resources, for what God wants to do. Here's what I've learned about vision. If you can do it without God, it's a project, not a vision. If it requires an element of faith, then you know it's God. But if it requires a, oh, I can make this happen. I can do this. I got this figured out. Then it's probably not a God vision because God vision will always require his provision. God will never call you to step out in faith to do something that doesn't require him to be in the middle of it. So if, you, if he's calling you to step into something, it's usually beyond you, bigger than you, much more than you, and you always are in this place of faith, of dependence on God going, God, I'm gonna step out and start this business. God, I'm gonna step out and do this thing. God, I'm gonna step out and, God, if this is what you're saying, I'm gonna step out and go. And God goes, go, let's go. Let's, let's do this. Because God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. This is huge. Let me give you the third thing here. That God's vision needs a vehicle. God's vision needs a vehicle. See, God doesn't need you to exist. But God wants to be with you. And he wants to use you. And he wants to partner with you. So let me, let me 
uh, phrase it in a way that maybe we can all wrap our head around. And this is how it goes. Yes, Lord? Come on. All right. <laughs> Vision is the GPS. Vision is the, is the picture of what you see. Vision is you get in your car and you go, where are we going? We, we, we got we to put in a destination. You got to put in a place. It's the, it's, it's the turning signals. Take a left. Go right. This is, this is where you go. Faith is the engine. And you and I are the vehicle. I should take this in for a moment because this is so huge here. Vision is the GPS. Vision is where we're going. And, and the Holy Spirit giving us clear direction as we go, as we take steps. Faith is the engine. Faith is what actually puts it in drive and says, let's go. Let's do this. Because I mean, no, God can tell you all day long, but unless your faith agrees with it, you ain't going anywhere. Faith has to partner up with it and go, God, I believe who you say you are. I believe what you say, you, you say you're going to do. God, I'm going to take a step in faith. And so faith kicks this vehicle into motion, and we are the vehicle. I want, you, I want to show it to you. Hebrews 11.7 says this. Watch this. You're going to see these things. It was by what? Come on, say it again. It was is the engine. It was the engine. It was, it was by faith that Noah built. So notice, faith in action. It's one thing to have faith. People tell me, oh, I believe in God. Well, so does Satan. So belief is not I just believe in something. Belief is I believe it to the point that I'm going to move forward in this. And so Noah trusted God, he had faith in God, but he had so much faith that he started building a large boat to save his family from the flood. What flood? What flood? It had never rained. What rain? So think about how crazy Noah had to have been to go, I'm building a boat. A very big boat. We're not talking about like a pontoon or a canoe. We're talking about an ark. If anybody's been to go see this thing, they have replicas of this. I'm building this huge boat and, and all these animals are gonna come on it. Can you just imagine as people are going, what you building over there? I mean, your neighbors are like building a shop, you're curious. Think about this boat that's like three football fields long. What you building? Oh, just a boat. Why are you doing that? Oh, it's gonna rain. What's rain? <laughs> You'll find out. Okay. <laughs> God told me. He obeyed God who warned him about the things that had never happened before. And how many know it's only crazy until it happens? But then when it happens, you're not crazy anymore. So it's by faith. It's this engine that goes forth. Notice, Noah was the vehicle, though. God was looking. The Bible says God was looking for a man who was humble and obedient to him, and he found a righteous man named Noah. But Noah's just one of the examples. Then we keep reading in, in Hebrews 11, it's the hall of faith, by the way. It says, it was, here we go, by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him. Here we go. This is a vision. This is him hearing from God. God calls him to leave his home and to go to another land that God would give him as in his, his inheritance. Now, if you know the story, God doesn't say where. This is what God says. Abraham. Actually, it was Abram at the time. Abram. Uh, yes, Lord. First off, first time you ever hear in a voice. I hope this is the Lord and not pizza. Um, what do you want? 
What do we do? Get up, leave your family, and go. Okay. Where are we going? Now. Oh, okay. And I'm going to give you this place that's going to be an incredible inheritance. Where? And you all got kids? Where are we going and when are we getting there? Right? We do the same thing to God. Here's, here's how this works with God. And this has worked so, this has not worked in my life, but it's a lot of times what I do to God, and I think we all do it to God, and that is this. God, you give me all the details, and I'll let you know if I obey. So God, you tell me first off where we're going. Tell me how long it's going to take. Tell me how long it's going to, how much it's going to cost me. And then if I'm in agreement, we'll go. And I, I honestly believe oftentimes that's why God doesn't give you all the details. Because if he told you the details of your life, you would say, I don't want that life. But how many know now that you're in that life, you look back and go, thank God for that life. But if God would have told you the heartache that you went through, you wouldn't have gone through that. But, but now that you're on the other side of it, you're grateful that God brought you through it. Y'all with me today? Okay. So, so Abraham here, he's obeying God to go into another land that God would give him as inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. It's most husbands. All right. So it's just faith. We're just believing the faith. Now notice this, God needs a vehicle. Faith needs a vehicle. If you got an engine and it's just sitting on a stand, it's no good. If you got a GPS and it doesn't have a vehicle, it's no good. And if you got a vehicle that has no engine, it's no good. I mean, you need all three of them. You need the GPS, you need to know where you're going, how we're getting there, you need the engine to move forward, and then you need the vehicle. When God wanted to slay a giant, Question, could God have killed Goliath? Yes. yes. Did he? No. He chose to use a teenage boy to show up on the scene and say, yo mama, I got you. Here's a little rock for you. He needed a vehicle to do it. When God wanted to free his people from 400 years of bondage and slavery and abuse, he used one of the most insecure, st 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 stuttering men named Moses to go and free his people. When God wanted to show up on the earth himself and send his son, he chose to use a virgin teenage girl to show up. Could God have just descended from heaven as a man? Yes, but he chose to use a vehicle in which to come through to use for his purposes. When God wanted to change the world, he chose 12 ordinary, common men and women to come and follow him and lay down their lives and give up their jobs to follow him, to pursue him so that he could commission them and send them out to preach the gospel and to lay hands on the sick and to cast out demons and to make disciples and to plant churches. He could have done all of that, but he decided to use people because the, uh, the purposes of God get fulfilled through the people of God. And so can God just immediately do something? Yes. Think about it. When people need a miracle, God could instantly do a miracle. And sometimes he does. But oftentimes he causes us to go to that person and lay our hands on that person and agree in faith for healing. Why? Why does he do that? Because he chooses to partner with us. Because God's vision needs a vehicle. And the people that changed the world were not the most gifted people. They were the most willing. 
Let me repeat that one more time for the people in the back and online. The people who God has used the most were not the most gifted. They were not the most talented. They were not the most influential. They were not the smartest. They were just the most willing. Last time I checked, you didn't go to fishermen to go change the world. You want to fish, you get those guys. You want to go change the world, you want guys who are going to preach the gospel, you go find the guys that are scholars that are in the temple. You find those guys. And yet it's the beauty of how God works is that God takes the unseen things and makes them seen. God takes the foolish things and he uses it to confound the wise. He takes the weak things and he uses it to make it strong. So if you're here in this place and you think that you're down and out, you think that God can't use you, welcome to the club. If you failed school, you're even more of a candidate. Because <laughs> this is what God chooses to use. So not only does God's vision, is it vital and vast and need a vehicle, and not only does God use us as people, I want you to see one of the greatest ways that God accomplishes his vision. It's found in Ephesians. We'll stay in Ephesians. It's Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 9 through 11, and this is what it says. And it says this, I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. So we're about to find out what God's plan is. What's God's plan? What's his vision? God's purpose in all of this was to use who? Come on, say it again. Use the... So here's God's plan, all right? Secrets out the bag. God's purpose was to use the church. Why would he use the church? The church is full of dysfunctional, broken people. Well, because when God uses dysfunctional, broken people that rally around his cause and his vision and his purposes, it displays his wisdom in its rich variety. Come on, how many of you say our church got some variety? It's got some flavors, Okay. Young, old, black, white, rich, poor. We got a little variety here. This is it. We'll bring a Mexican in there. We're good. <laughs> to all the unseen rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. So God says, you know what? Here's my plan A. My plan A is that the local church is the hope of the world. So I'm going to get a bunch of people together. I'm going to put them together, and they're going to be from all walks of life, all ethnicities, all generations, and I'm going to put them together, and they're going to love one another, and they're going to love me, and it's going to put on a full-on display to the world of what I can do. And then I'm going to draw more and more people to this place, and this is, this is my plan from the very beginning. It's been my eternal plan. And so that is a part of God's grand vision for the church, the capital C church, like across the world. God's desire is that the church across the world would do that. But it's also God's desire for every local church, that God gives them that same vision to be a church that represents that. And so if you're new here, uh, I I feel like I, I can't ever articulate this enough And continue to not only cast vision for this, but to share this with you for our church. Our church has had the same vision really for 23 years. And I'm going to, I'll put it on here for you. The vision of our Savior's church is to reach people 
and build lives. That's what it's always been, that we want to reach people. We want to, we want to fulfill the great commission and the great commandment, to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, to love our neighbors as ourselves, and the great commission, which is to go and to make disciples. And so it's a part of reaching and it's a part of building. We want to see lives and cities transformed by helping people know God, live free, and make disciples. And I want, that's, that is our greatest passion, not that people just know about God, but people know God intimately, that you can hear his voice, that you can commune with him, that we can help you understand, uh, walk through learning how to read the Bible, learning how to connect with God, learning how to be passionate in relationship with him. I could care less about religion. Like, religion doesn't fix anything. Going to church doesn't fix anything. N- none of that. And religious stuff doesn't do anything. Knowing and hearing God is everything. And then realizing that we've all got a past that we need to be delivered from. And we used to call this fine freedom. And I sat down with our pastors recently. I said, I want to change it. I don't like fine freedom. Like, okay, what do we want to do? So I think we need to help people live free. Finding freedom is like a one-time thing and then like, okay, we're good now, right? No. Because if anybody in here has been through freedom, you know you ain't free even after freedom. (laughs) You still got some, you still got some freedom. You need to keep doing. And so what would it be for us to help people continually live free? Live free, live free, live free. And so I just started writing down things that, that I believe we want to see in our church. Y'all want to hear some of this? Yeah. Let me just share a little bit of what, we, what I see. And then I'm going to show you a video here. I see a church that is built on Jesus, inspired by the Holy Spirit and propelled by faith. I see a church that's strengthened in diversity, confident in grace, and anchored in his presence. I see a church that is passionate about investing and raising up the next generation of leaders. I see a church that brings the culture of heaven to every sphere of government, every sphere of sports, education, medicine, and enterprise for kingdom purposes. I see a church that overflows with people, with purpose, and with power. And I see a church that trains and teaches and equips and empowers and produces leaders who serve as kingdom ambassadors into every sphere of life. And I see a church that never stops reaching and searching for lost people because God never stops searching and reaching for us. And I see a church that realizes that none of this can happen in our own ability. Instead, we are committed to prayer and fasting and depending on the power of the Holy Spirit. And I see a church where Jesus is famous and all of the glory goes to God. This is the church that we see. And right now, as a church, we are in an incredible time of growth. As y'all can see, we need to make room. And that has been a thing we have felt from God really from the very beginning of this year is to make room for me, make room for me. This is what we felt like God's been telling us, make room for me, make room for me. Any place you make room for me, I will fill. And so we've been making room for him in our praise and our worship. We've been making room for him in our prayer this year as we went to and did Seek, uh, Seek Week and went to all the different cities and said, we're just gonna make room for God in all these different cities. And we've been doing that in praise, we've been doing that in prayer, and now it's time for us to make room in our physical location. We've got to make room for what God wants to do. And so we put together a little bit of video to cast some vision of what we feel God's calling us in 2023. So take a look. 23 years ago, our church was founded on one very simple vision, reaching people and building lives. And our passion has always been to reach people that are far from Jesus, to reach that one family member, that one neighbor, 
that one coworker with the good news of the gospel. And in just the last couple of years, we've seen more people surrender their life to Jesus and get baptized than ever before. But you know what excites me the most? Is that it's not just happening in our Sunday services. It's happening in people's workplaces. It's happening in people's homes. It's even happening in our schools all throughout our cities. But we're not just committed as a church to reaching people. We are just as passionate about building lives, which means that we want to help people take their next step in their spiritual journey. We want to help people know God and live free and learn how to make disciples. And it's time for us to take another step to reach more people and build more lives. And in order to do that, here's the truth. We need more space. So the question is, what are we going to do about it? What are we willing to do to reach more people? So let me start here in Jennings and tell you what exactly we're planning to do. You have done such an amazing job inviting and bringing people to church that we're literally running out of room. Our 9 a.m. service is at max capacity. We've got people sitting in the foyer watching our service. And at the 11 a.m. service, it's almost near capacity. So what are we gonna do? Well, starting Sunday, April 2nd, we will be adding a third service. That's right, we're going to three services. We're gonna be adding an 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11.30. And because you're inviting so many more people, we still need more parking. So we're gonna increase our parking, specifically our handicapped parking, to accommodate for those that come and need the extra help. Our campus also is 23 years old here in Jennings and it needs a facelift. So we're gonna be enhancing and improving our campus. We're gonna be remodeling our stage. We're gonna remodel our production booth for all of the live streaming that happens. Uh, we're also going to be enhancing our commons area and foyer to make the building a lot more accessible and easier to navigate. A place for new guests to get connected and for you to interact more with your spiritual family great places for our life groups to gather together. But here's what I'm excited about. God's not only expanding here in Jennings, but he's also expanding in Eunice and in Crowley. So you know what? Instead of telling you, why don't I show you? So hey, come with me. Welcome to the Eunice campus. We're here. There's the man. What's up? What's up? How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. Oh, we want to come see what God's doing here. Everybody, Pastor Jamie. Hey, hey. Hey, uh, let us see the new kids building, man. man it's right it. there, bro. Look at that. Come on, look. let's come, come, on, let's come see this. this out. Big, big open area to check kids in. Come on. Two big rooms. We got plenty of kids space now. I'm super excited about this place. So if y'all don't know the story, we got it. Uh, it was a house, really a dance studio that was next door. That donated it yeah. to us. And uh, we sunk about $150,000 in total in the project. Uh, really just create more space for kids. Yep. So, hey, love it. Next gen, man. Made it go. So, what about the building, man? So, let, you... me, let me show you what I want to do next. Okay. This All is right. going to be awesome. All right, let's go. Man, what we want to do here is, is we just need some more space. Yeah. Uh, we created space for the kids. The kids are settled. That's great. Right now, we need some more adult space. Yeah. I want to I wanna take some walls and push them back. I want to take some rooms out to create some more foyer spaces. Uh, so that we can have more time to connect and just visit with folks and 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 just the flow of the building would feel a lot better. So we just need more space. Yeah, just thinking about we don't want to create a space where people just come and hurry up and jet out. That's right. Like to That's be able right. to create that atmosphere for people want to hang around and connect. I know y'all use life groups 
Yes. Kids, youth, like everybody uses this building. Yeah, right? the, the, our students use this building on Wednesday nights. I passed by last night and like the parking lot was full almost like a Sunday between a couple of life groups and a youth group here. So I mean, the buildings and the facilities are getting used to the max and we're loving it. I mean, that's yeah. that's awesome. That's what we that's want. That's what it's made for. That's right. Absolutely. And so uh, we just we just need to create and adjust some things to, to make more space. Now, you've been a part of our church for, you and Cheryl have been for 20 years. 20 years. So tell us, because you've been a part of these moments. Mm. So talk to everybody that's jumping in and haven't had those moments. I would challenge you with this. I mean, honestly, this is a moment to pray. Uh, it's, it's to pray and ask God, what, what's my part? Yeah. What's my part in this whole thing? What can I do? And don't let the enemy convince you that your part's not big enough or important enough, because it is. Yeah. It's it's totally important. Come on. And it's totally big enough. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, hey, exciting things happening here. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah. Thank you for all that you it's and Cheryl awesome. do and this whole dream team and everybody that's incredible what God's doing here. We got to get to Crowley because we got some big, big news Woo. coming from Crowley. Come so, on. So, uh, hey, let's go to Crowley. Hey, welcome to the Crowley campus. Glad you're here. Let's see if we can find Jay. Hey, Jay. Hey. I don't know why it's not opening. Hey. I don't, hey. Oh, here. What's, what's up? Man, I have the best news. Talk to me. We ain't going to be in this building much longer. What? We found ourselves a building, y'all. We got a building. Come That's on, right. man. Let's go. Where right around the corner. Let me go show y'all. Come on, let's go see it. Hey, Pastor JJ, where are we at, man? So this used to be the USDA facility. They built something over there for themselves and this became available, so we grabbed it. Yeah. Let me hey, show you inside. Let's go see. So through the first doors, you'll see a very congested lobby space and we'll be opening up a lot of that to make more room for us. Right through here is gonna be the main hall where the adults will do worship services. Again, you'll see some internal spaces that need to be broken up, uh, walls taken down so that we can create more space for. Take a look. This. All right, Pastor JJ, tell us a little bit about this place. Well, just a couple of facts. It's uh, 7,400 square feet. It's going to be ours 24 7. Let's go. That there is the biggest <laughs> thing. No more setting up. No more setting <laughs> no up more and striking down. down. There's going to be spaces for life groups, there's going to be spaces for training. And this is going to be a base from where we can really serve our community well and uh, have just so many beautiful things, you know, happen for the glory of God. And so if everything goes well, two months of construction, busting out walls, fixing floors, get, setting ourselves up, and then we'll do a move, obviously, which uh, y'all saw how close the cinema is, right? So we'll be doing the... Thankfully, it's not a far journey. We're going to look like little ants from, from the cinema to the world, carrying our stuff over. Beyond the buildings, we know it's really not about buildings but you need space to do what we want to do, which is to reach people and build yeah. lives. So talk about how is God reaching people and building lives right here in Crowley? We are at capacity yeah. in the cinema. Um, so either we go to a slightly bigger venue or we start next, you know, more services. And I believe this is for where we're at, the best thing that could have happened to us so that we can reach 
more people. And God has been adding people faithfully, mm. you know, to our church. But it's not just about the numbers. It's about the stories of people's lives that are getting reconnected back to God. In the last just two months, we've seen so many people come alive again in their relationship with God, getting through doubts and fears and, and struggles. And, and those who are still within them, finding hope and finding keys and, 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 and handles of how, on how to handle that and keep moving forward in their, in their walk with God. And so many um, encouraging stories of people discovering the Bible for the first time. And so um, this is just incredible. During our, uh, our prayer and fasting time, uh, I, some of y'all might remember Esther had a word of knowledge at our corporate gathering yeah, about yeah. Uh, somebody who's struggling with a lung issue. Well, it turned out to be a lady in our congregation mm. who had, uh, the doctors had, uh, had seen spots on her lungs and she was very concerned about it. They pray over, prayed over her and at our follow-up meeting when they um, took tests to see what it was about, they couldn't find any of that Come there on. anymore. Let's go. And so you have these incredible go, documented miracles that are starting to happen. Yeah. Part of the Christian call is to not just pray for revival, but to also pray for reformation and yep. to bring the kingdom of God into the everyday life. Yep. And man, we're starting to see the first fruits of that in Crowley. And so we're super excited. Pump, bro about that yeah when we come to these moments right here where we know we've got to take a step i mean this is going to be a financial step this is going to be a sacrificial step mm -hmm. there's going to be work that's mm -hmm. required mm -hmm. for all of this but maybe just speak to that for a moment for those maybe that are new to our our, our spiritual family have never stepped into a moment yeah. like this how do you go into a moment like this and and what does this do for the corporate faith of our church well first of um we realize that sometimes when you're stepping into moments like these, they're, they're from the get-go, they're too big for you to accomplish on your own. Yeah. And sometimes that creates fear. And I said to somebody the other day that, you know, you're always going to be in a place where there's fear and there's faith yep. coexisting at the same time, but you get to choose which one you respond to. Yeah. And so this is a moment where we need to respond to faith. Yeah. Um, and uh, in one of our messages earlier this year, we spoke about that little boy that brought the five loaves and the two fishes to Jesus. Yeah. One of his disciples made a quirky comment, but what's this against the need? And uh, the beautiful thing was that the boy wasn't looking at the need. Yeah. The boy was looking at the receiver of the gift That's it. and he can multiply it. And so we don't need to do miracles. God does miracles with our seed when we're trusting him, when we're stepping out, when all of us just ask, Lord, what do I have to give? And I'll bring that with faith in my heart to the one who can multiply. Uh, he makes it happen, yeah. you know? So um, respond to faith in this time. Don't yeah. respond to like, oh my goodness, the numbers. Uh, you just take the first step. Yeah. You know, like Moses and them, when they went through the Red Sea, they had to step and they had to get their feet wet. So yeah. get your feet wet. That's the way the sea parts. Let's go. So, hey, we're excited for this season. And uh, Jay, I just want you to know, I'm super proud of you and Esther. I'm super proud of what God's doing here in Crowley. And uh, I believe the best is yet to come. Come on. So for those that don't know, that's been almost nine years for Crowley, um, setting up and breaking down. So we're really, really excited. So um, I've been doing this for a while now. And I've learned just to just come straight out and tell you what the need is, where we're at, what's going on. So uh, we are, for all of these projects that we're going to do here in Jennings, here in Eunice, and here in Crowley, we've got a, a God gap of about $300,000. This is where we're at. 
And yet again, this comes to a moment where we get to put our faith together as a church and believe God for just incredible things. And I want to remind us where we've come from because that kids building that you saw in Eunice was we we invested $150,000 into that uh, to make that building a reality. But it was actually before that we invested $750,000 to make that OSC kids building that we have right here in Jennings. Uh, a reality. How I many know to see almost a million dollars invested in our next generation is a big deal. Yeah. It's a very big deal. And so I want to say incredibly thank you for that. But uh, this is going to be a moment for all of us. On March 19th, you can go ahead and kind of schedule that in. It's two weeks from now. Um, we're going to have a reach and build miracle offering. We're going to have a time where we come as a church at all of our locations and bring our greatest faith and our greatest resources to this need. And then beyond that, whatever we bring in, we'll continue to do. We, we build at the speed of people's generosity. Um, and so I know the question is, so Pastor Josh, what do you want me to do? There's two things I want all of us to do. And I'm including that with my wife and our family as well. The first thing is I want you to pray. I, I want everybody in this church to pray. Um, you know, oftentimes we're asking everyone to pray and, 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 and oftentimes our prayer can be, God, what can I do? What can I do? Tell me, what can I do? I think that's the wrong prayer. I think the, 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 the better prayer that we should be praying is, God, what can you do through me? God, what can you do through me? And, and we need to pray for this, uh, all of these projects and all of these things that are gonna be happening because we feel like every one of them are absolutely vital. Now, let me say this. We're making these happen no matter what. So we're going forward. Uh, I, I believe every time we te- take steps of faith like this, um, we, we put it out there. And so everything that you just heard us talk about, we're going to make sure it happens. Now, the timeline on it, I'm not sure. Um, we trusted the Lord for everything. You're sitting in right now fully paid buildings because of people. And that's because of that. So I want you to pray. Here's the second thing I want you to do is I want you to participate. Um, this church has never been and will never be built on the gift of one person, ever, ever. Um, we are in every one church. Everyone in this room, everyone in this church, everyone that's watching online, you matter. You matter to God. You matter to us. Every one of you brings value to this house. Every one of you is needed to make this body whole. And for 23 years as a church, we've come to these moments like this as a spiritual family where everyone is invited to sacrifice together, to give together, to worship together, to trust God together, to serve together. And so I'm asking, if I am your pastor, that you would come in and be a part of this. Whether you're old, whether you're young, whether whatever your stage of life may be, I want you to go in. Whether you're new or you've been here for a long time, it's never been about equal gifts, but it's always been about equal sacrifice. Because for someone to give $20 is a major sacrifice, and for someone to give 20000 is a major sacrifice. It's all of us coming to the table saying, God, what can you do through me? Now, I want to show you something because I think this is huge here. And I want you to see what God has done over the last years as we wrap up today. If you were here, a part of our church, when we were meeting in the Holiday Inn, I want you to stand up. If you were here when we're at the Holiday Inn, look at this, right here. Three in the room. Is that it? Look at that. Woo! Okay. All right. Now, keep standing. If you were here when we were in the front building, the Connections building, I want you to stand up. If that's you. If you, if you were here during that time, I want you to stand up. Look at this now. 
Come on. <laughs> All right. One more time. Yeah, Josiah, you were here. That's right. Good job. Glad you're here. You were here the whole time, man. You were, um, if you were here, if you came here when we were in the foyer, in that little area, that area right here before we came in here, I want you to stand up. If that's you. <laughs> all right. Here's why I bring all this, why I bring this up. To all those that are standing, thank you. Thank you. Everybody else that's seated. These people sacrificed for you to be in this room right here. These people gave, served, and loved for you to be in this room right now. Come on, one more time. Give it up for all of it. Thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all. You can grab a seat. I want you to realize the sacrifices that a few made. Y'all recognize that was a few. That a few made to make everything that you're a part of right now a reality. You say, Pastor Joshua, what's, what's really the goal of this? Is the goal to raise money? No, 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 actually it's not. The goal is not to raise money. I would love to see us raise all this money. That would be amazing. Let me tell you what the goal is. The goal of Reach and Build is 100% participation. The goal is that everybody in this church that calls OSC home puts their faith in with me and says, let's, let's see what we can do together. Because I believe if we come together and we offer our best and we trust God, how many believe that he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think? Above all that we ask or think. And let me tell you why this is so huge and so vital is because I, I've made a commitment to Pastor JJ and Pastor Jamie and I to get them in their building. We are getting them in their building. Y'all don't have to set up and break down. You just get to come and coffee's there ready for you. They've got to set up and break that down for nine years. Over 400 Sundays that they've had to do that every weekend. So I've made a commitment to go, I'm getting you in a building. I don't care what we got to do. We will sacrifice everything we can to get you in the building. Now, once we get you in your building, here's the thing. Our Savior's Church in Jennings will build a bigger building. Because it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. So... It's not for this one yet, but it's coming very soon. So we're going to add the service. We're going to try to expand some things. We're going to do everything we can here. But I'm just letting you know there's going to come another faith moment, and that number will be very big. <laughs> it won't be this one. But I'm telling you right now, God is building our faith in this moment. I mean, no, to believe for that moment. And so I want to do this as we end because you may ask, well, Pastor Josh, why are we doing this? And I want to... I want to show you why we're doing this. If you started coming to Our Savior's Church and you got grounded in this church and you got a, just a life-giving relationship with Jesus within the last year, stand up. If that's you. You started coming within the last year, stand up. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. <laughs> Wait, stay, stay, stay. The last two years. Last two years. Nope, keep standing. No, nope, y'all stay up. Last two, last three, last four, last five. Now look at this. Hey, this is why. This is why. You can, see, you can be seated. So watch this. This is huge here. 
The people that stood up earlier saw you before you saw you. And so they sowed and they sacrificed and they gave because they saw you in these seats before you were in these seats. So here's my question. Who else will sit in these seats that's not in these seats yet? That we're going to create a place for. How many know God is so passionate about seeing his kingdom expanded in Jeff Davis Parish and Acadia Parish and St. Landry Parish and, and Allen Parish and all the Vermilion Parish all around these areas. God wants to see his kingdom come. And God is inviting us to help write this story, which is his story, in the next so God, help us to see your vision. I'm going to invite my wife to come up here with me. Come on, y'all give it up for Lindsay as she comes. I love you. These are defining moments for our church. And I, I want to just say on behalf of Lindsay and I and our, all of our pastors and our staff, um, we are so honored. I'm so honored to be a part of this church. Um, it just blows my mind every time I pull up here on a Sunday and see all these cars. It, it, it blows my mind. And uh, this is another faith moment for us. And if you know me, I don't ask for money. It's not my deal. But I'll never apologize for asking money for God's kingdom, ever. And I know what God wants to do, and I know the people he wants to reach. And, um, and we're committed Lindsay and I are praying as well and fasting what the Lord wants us to do. Um, we're all in this. And I want you to be all in this with us. And so over these next two weeks, I want you to come and participate in the series. Come back next weekend. We'll have a whole nother follow-up. We're going to start sharing life stories, what God's doing here even more. Um, and then March 19th will come. And so I asked my wife to come up here because um, she's beautiful and I just like her. I like her being up here. But I want to I do this. Would you just stand all across this room? And I, I'd ask Lindsay just to pray, pray us out. And um, we'll have our prayer team up here in just a minute. But I just, I can't think of any other way than for us just to pray and dedicate this to the Lord and ask God to just show up. Yeah, um, need prayer after our prayer team will be up here. Just come and um, you can meet with them if you need to. And I know it's just exciting times we're living in, right? And what God's going to do and with growth comes growing pains. We know God's going to provide, and just thank you for such a good message of empowerment and encouraging um, and helping us put our faith into action. So let's just pray as we close. Father, we thank you for this time, and we thank you for each person that's here, God, that we would each commit to pray, God, and participate no matter what that looks like. It's going to look different for everybody, but everybody would put in 100%. And thank you, God, as we couple with you, you're going to put our faith into action, God. The vehicle will move forward, God, so more people can be reached, more people can come to know you, and that we can grow in a deeper relationship with you and just providing a safe place for people to meet, to meet with you. And we thank you for all that you're doing. Be with every single person this week as they go about their week, God, that they would just keep you before them. They would keep you first, God, you as first place, and you would lead and guide them into all that you have for them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.